Welcome, friends. You are listening to SME Community Radio, a special Sunday weekend edition featuring the John Schaefer Show. But before we get on to the John Schaefer Show, we need to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, this afternoon at Rice Field at Elkhart High School East, formerly Elkhart Central High School, we have the celebration of life for Tom Kurth. Schaefer Suggs will be there to speak. Um, as well as many others. So it's gonna be a real good time this afternoon. So please attend that. But our biggest concern right now is the incoming heat that is gonna be impacting this area Sunday through Wednesday with the highest temperatures coming later on in this forecast period with heat indices approaching 103 degrees. So you need to make sure you are taking proper safety tips and we have those coming up just before the John Schaefer Show. And biggest reminder to all of you is to please check on loved ones and do not, I repeat again, do not leave children or pets in your vehicle. They will die quick or get severely ill quick. So. Do not leave kids or pets in any sort of vehicle whatsoever. And if you do, you will have the law on you. So let's go ahead and go on to this uh, special podcast on surviving the heat. And then we'll go on to the John Schaefer show. I will be back on Monday. This is Keith. Enjoy the slice weather. Severe weather potential on Tuesday. Bye-bye. This podcast is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. CDC. Safer. Healthier people. Welcome to A Cup of Health with CDC, a weekly feature of the MMWR, the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. I'm Susan Laird, filling in for your host, Dr. Robert Gaines. Working in the great outdoors is a way of life for millions of Americans. During the hot, hazy days of summer, working under the blazing sun can be deadly. Heat-related illnesses claim the lives of hundreds of people each year. Those who work outside are especially at risk. Dr. Kelly Loringer is a researcher with the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. She's joining us today by phone to discuss how outdoor workers can avoid heat-related illness. Welcome to the show, Dr. Loringer. Thank you. Dr. Loringer, how many people die each year from heat-related illness? From 1992 to 2006, there were 423 occupational heat-related deaths. You conducted a study on heat-related illness in people who work outdoors with a particular focus on crop workers. What did you find? Well, we found that out of those 423 occupational deaths, 68 of them were in crop workers. And that represents nearly a rate of 20 times greater than for all the other U.S. civilian workers who died from heat stroke during that time period of 1992 to 2006. What other outdoor jobs or activities might lead to similar problems? Any worker who is working outdoors is potentially at risk for heat-related illness. 
Uh, for example, those who work in construction outdoors would be at risk. Um, those who work on the roadways, those who work in landscaping businesses, or even policemen or other security services who are working outside. And they don't have to be working outside all day long to be at risk. Anytime when they're out there, you know, just even for a short amount of time or it's hot and humid, they're susceptible to getting a heat-related illness. Can you tell us what the signs are that someone's getting overheated? Yes. Well, there are different levels of heat illness. And the first can start out with a heat rash um, or prickly heat. Sometimes people refer to it. Just small red blisters on the skin. Um, And heat cramps are another early sign of a heat illness. Painful spasms of the muscles um, in legs, arm, the the body. Um, And that can also occur with uh, strenuous activity. And then there's heat exhaustion, which um, is heavy sweating, paleness, fatigue, weakness, dizziness, um, nausea, vomiting. Um, heat exhaustion is important to recognize because if that's not taken care of, that can easily lead into heat stroke, which is a medical emergency. Um, if someone is suffering from heat stroke, the uh, immediate medical assistance must be provided. Otherwise, death can occur. And some of the symptoms of heat stroke are just red, hot, dry skin. Um, there's no sweating. Sweating has stopped. Um, and sometimes if outdoor workers have been sweating a lot, that can be difficult to determine because their clothes are all wet from previous sweat. Um, they can have a rapid, strong pulse, throbbing headache. Um, they can be disoriented. That's usually a good sign of disoriented confusion. They can be combative or aggressive, have incoherent speech. How can employers help protect their workers from heat-related problems? Well, employers can develop and implement a heat stress management program, and the the program should include several facets. Um, first off, is the, it should it definitely should include some training for the supervisors and employees alike for both to prevent, recognize, and treat heat illness. And of course, this training should uh, should be in a language and, and at a literacy level that the workers can understand. Other things the employer should include in the program are a heat acclimatization program. Uh, they need to be sure to encourage employees to drink. It's not, a, it's not enough just to have the water there, which they're required usually by law to have, but they have to monitor the conditions and make sure that the employees are actually drinking. Um, they need to provide access to shade. It's not just enough to drink water. The body, when the body begins overheating, you, the, the most important thing is to have that body cooled down. And water can help with that, but they need to be in the shade, um, air conditioning preferably, if it's available. Um, providing prompt medical attention is also very important, and even recognizing employees need to be able to tell when their their coworker is suffering, maybe from the the minor or even more severe effects of a heat illness, and then provide prompt medical attention. That just may be giving them some water while they're calling 911 to get um, more advanced medical care to them. Where can listeners get more information about heat-related illness? Listeners um, can go to the CDC website at www.cdc.gov, and they can click on E in the A to Z index, and then click on Extreme Heat. And once there, there are other resources for not only uh, occupational, uh, or for not only for employers, but also for the general public on, on heat stress and heat-related illnesses. Dr. Loringer, thanks for sharing this information with our listeners today. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's show. Be sure and join us next week. Until then, be well. This is Susan Laird for A Cup of Health with CDC. For the most accurate health information, visit www.cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO 24-7. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Maybe you're not sure how you'll make rent, or you lost your job. 
When you don't know where to turn, let 211 be your guiding light. Our guides are ready to connect you with the help you need. 211, how can I help you? Call or visit 211.org. 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. School starts right around the corner. Goshen, first day is August 9th. Middlebury, Concord, Mishawaka, and South Bend's first day of school is August 11th. Elkhart, first day is August 12th. Here are the new start times for Elkhart Community Schools. Elementary, 7.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Middle school, 8.15 a.m. to 3.20 p.m. High school, 8.35 a.m. to 4 o'clock p.m. Mary Beck and Roosevelt, 8.20 a.m. to 2.50 p.m. Join Elkhart Schools Mergers Facebook page to stay up to date with what's happening around Elkhart Community Schools. Stay safe and have a wonderful day. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. John Schaefer brings you the topic of homelessness in Michiana. Learn something new, be informed, and help. Coming up to you next. This is John Schaefer, and I wanted to talk today about the difficulties of homelessness compared to those of us fortunate and blessed enough that we have a house to live in and things that we're able to do from time to time. So obviously, um, someone who is homeless does not have a bed to sleep in. They're not able to jump in their car and drive to the store go visit friends and family, take a vacation and go somewhere interesting and nice and beautiful, have fun. When do you think the last time was when someone that is homeless had fun? When was the last time they had a great meal at a good restaurant. When was the last time they got together with family and friends and had a party? When was the last time they even celebrated their birthday? When was the last time they took a vacation? When was the last time that they were able to jump in their car and go to the store and buy whatever groceries they wanted. 
These are the things that homeless people are not able to do. They miss out on. They do not have those simple pleasures and special moments that can be part of our day on any given day and it's it's unfortunate uh, when someone that is homeless their only enjoyment in life might be eating that day their only enjoyment might be that they actually find a safe place to sleep. They might actually get to sleep in a bed a few times a year. Not every night, like we do. The simple joys of someone that is homeless might be that when you have to go to the bathroom, you're fortunately in a place where it's air-conditioned and a nice, clean bathroom instead of having to go outside. Simple pleasures might be that in every few weeks or every other month, you're able to afford to do laundry and have clean clothes to wear. So many things we take for granted that someone that is homeless cannot enjoy. They do not have the same advantages they do not have the same blessings, and they're not fortunate. Now, you would think not having these enjoyments in life would motivate them to get out of homelessness. But homelessness is a trap and when you fall into that trap it is not easy to get out it takes money in life it takes motivation it takes willpower and when you become homeless you are beaten down to the lowest point of your entire life. Having the motivation, the desire, the will, the means, the finances to get back up on your feet, climb out of that trap is not very possible at times. And that's why it is a trap. When you look at someone who is homeless, try not to judge them because you don't know what happened in their life that brought them 
to that point of being homeless. And thank God every day for those simple pleasures that you enjoy and often take for granted. This is John Schaefer. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this program this week. Have a great week. Until next time. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In a heat wave, keeping your cool will keep you healthy. People and animals should stay indoors. If you don't have air conditioning, go to the mall or the library or a community relief shelter. Remember to drink more fluids, but avoid alcohol and high sugar drinks. When going out, wear light clothing and never leave any persons, especially infants or young children or animals, in a closed, parked vehicle.